Good afternoon. On June 12, 2020, a little bit after two, for another episode of uh, maybe a good time to listen. This episode is called It Is the Heart or Nothing. Once again, it's the heart or nothing. Very serious is what it's all about. Protests, police brutality, racial indifference, riots, legislation, conservatives, liberals, media, different religions, wars. Now, unless the heart is changing people and the sorrow they feel is godly sorrow, and the mind is regulated by Jesus Christ, those things listed above will go on and on without permanent and successful results. Since it's time for the church to speak up, let me do so. I'm going to repeat that again. Protest, police brutality, racial indifference, riots, legislation, conservatives, liberals, the media, different religions, wars. Unless the heart is changing people and sorrow is godly sorrow and the mind is regulated by Jesus Christ, those things listed above will go on and on without permanent and successful results. It's time for the church to speak up. So that's what I'm that's what I'm planning on doing. Now, with the church are responsible for representing Jesus Christ. It's past time for the church to live at first, then give the gospel. And all during that time, like one of my pastors said, speak up for those without a voice. Now, even though these following scriptures might sound these following scriptures might sound rough, they worked. After the flood, God told Noah, this is Genesis chapter 9, verse 6 from the NIV. Whoever sheds men's blood, excuse me, whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. And God told Moses this. Now this is a rough one, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> this is Deuteronomy chapter 13. Verses 6 to 11 in the NLT. God says, Suppose someone secretly entices you, even your brother. Now he's talking to Moses now. Suppose someone secretly entices you, even your brother, your son, or daughter, your beloved wife, or your closest friend, and says, Let us go worship other gods. Gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known. They might suggest that you worship the gods of people who live nearby or who come from the ends of the earth. But do not give in to or listen. Have no pity and do not spare or protect them. You must put them to death. Strike the first blow yourself and then all the people must join in. Stone the guilty ones to death 
because they have tried to draw you away from the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. Then all Israel will hear about it and be afraid, and no one will act so wickedly again. I guess that sounds very rough. It was, it was rough back then in Moses' time. But God, I'm saying something. When people have a fear of doing wrong, they won't do it. If people are scared of losing their own life, they won't do it. They'll think twice about it. That was the whole point. It was all about nipping things in the bud. I think I'm going to say that again in a minute. It's all about taking care of things right up front. God said, don't let anybody entice you and say, let's go worship other gods. God is very serious about worshiping him and him only. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, of course, we don't stone anybody today and put them to death. But if this never changed, if after the flood, well, let me go on here. I'll, I'll stay over here. So after hearing that, you think God is mean, right? Well, listen close for his reason, okay? It's Genesis chapter 9, 6 again. But I'll see. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his image. So you see, a life matters big time to God. So all you hear is the stone and the killing and the strike, you strike blow first and everybody else joins in. That's all you hear is the violence. But God is serious about our life. He said, so you see, I'm saying, so you see a life matters big time to God. He's actually saying, what gives you the right to destroy someone I made in my image and likeness? You don't have that right to take somebody else's life. You don't have that right to kill anybody. This is in reference to Genesis. Now, as far as the Deuteronomy 13 goes, you have a net potential mutiny against God in the bud. When we don't let sin fester, it can't grow. Now, he has said, you know, teach your children. He said, even if your child tried to, your son or daughter trying to attack you, don't listen to him. So hopefully, if this was the righteous man, he'll teach his children well enough that they won't rebel against God. He even said, even if your beloved wife tries to entice you. So the righteous man, hopefully, he married a woman that respects God like he does. And then he said, your closest friend don't want them to entice you. So hopefully his closest friend isn't a bonehead. No, don't let anybody pull you away. It may sound good, but God's serious about serving him. Now, God hates sin no matter what testament, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament. Now, he chooses not to destroy humanity because of the sacrifice of the Son and because in his favor is life, not death. But when this age is over, those left with unrepented sin on their record, well, to use a well-known secular expression, all bets are off. There's too many scriptures to prove that I can't let them all. I'm not saying that in a mean way either. 
God's given us ample time to come to him and to get ready because he loves us. But if anybody still has sin on their record, when this age is over, all better off. So, so you may ask again, so, so doesn't that mean that God is mean? No, he just hates sin. And it's not going to be in the new heaven or the new earth. See, the heart of humanity needs changing before anything else. Protests generally, they let off steam. But even if the protest manages to change legislation, yet if people's hearts are not changed, that legislation is just words on paper. See, some folks want you to believe that blacks are not disproportionately killed per year. They say, uh, statistics show that it doesn't happen that often. Well, we don't care about statistics. Here's a question for you. What about before cell phone cameras? You want folks to believe that it didn't go on then? Way better then? Does you expect folks to believe that it didn't happen? That we just so happen to capture capture the uh, the rarity of it and get raped. And I got a bridge to sell you, Brooklyn Bridge, Verrazano. I'll, I'll sell either one to you, twenty five cents. Yeah, okay. All right, time for some Bible. Here's Ezekiel chapter eleven, verses nineteen to twenty one, from the New King James. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Excuse me. But as for those whose heart follows the desire of their detestable things, their abominations, I'll recompense their deeds on the. Excuse, excuse me. I'll recompense. <laughs> I'll recompense their deeds on their own heads. This is the little God. <clears throat> God desires to give us a heart of flesh, and take out that stony heart. Because if you if you if you knock on a stone, ain't nothing gonna happen. But a flesh, fleshy heart is pliable. And listen to somebody. What's that expression my late pastor used to say? Uh, a cabbage only grows but so big. And after that, it won't grow any larger. So the expression would say, oh, that person headed up, is headed up like a cabbage. That means nothing else is going in. No more information is going in. They're through learning. They think they know it all. They can't tell nothing. <clears throat> They've gone as far as they can go in their head. Or as far as they let themselves go in their head. They can't learn nothing. They don't want to know nothing. It's their way or the highway. Sound familiar? Now, the question you usually get here with this verse is, he was only talking to Israel, right? This doesn't apply to us in the world today, right? Well, ask yourself this question by taking the verse apart. Now, I'll read it one more time. Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 to 21 from the New King James. 
Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts follow the desire of their detestable things, and their abominations, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So, if you take apart that verse, and you say it doesn't apply to us, then are you saying that it's all right for us to keep a stony heart and keep disobeying the Lord? Furthermore, do you think he's only going to recompense Israel's bad deeds, but the rest of the world gets off scot-free? I don't think I have to go any further than that. I don't think you believe that. Believe that. I hope not. <clears throat> now, St. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 36 from the NLT. A tree is identified by its fruits. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees at the time. He called them, you brood of snakes. How can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The word you say will either acquit you or condemn you. <clears throat> so we gotta remember that. <clears throat> Don't try and be a good tree if you know you got a lot of bad stuff in you. And if you're a bad tree, be a bad tree. God can do something with you. Like he said, I wish you were either cold or hot. If you're cold, I can do something with you. If you're hot, I can say, keep going on in my name. But he said here in verse 36, I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The word you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So be careful how you live. All right, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 13 from the NLT. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. See, that's man's big problem. He doesn't want to be accountable to anybody. He wants to do his own thing. That's why he says there's no God. I don't worry about it. Because he doesn't want to be accountable to anybody, just to himself or herself. But we're accountable to God for how we live down here. If we say we've been changed by him, that we've been made righteous by him, then we're required to live righteously after that. There's no sense saying God made me righteous by dying on a cross and then I live like a rat. You have to match what he did for you. Well, that makes sense. 
in the Word of God. That's why it's so important too for the Word of God. I can't stress that enough. Unfortunately, a lot of young saints and people today who call themselves saved, they don't go into the Word of God enough. But he said the Word of God is alive and powerful. Everybody wants God to talk to them like he taught to Moses. It's not going to happen. He speaks to you in different ways, either through your dreams, he speaks to you on the innermost being on the inside. Don't necessarily have to hear something in your head. You can hear something in your heart. He speaks to you through his word, especially. That's why it's important to read his word. That's that's God himself, his word. And his word is alive and powerful. He said it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It can get in between your soul and your spirit. It can get in between your spirit and your, and your mind. I won't go too far, so I don't mess myself up. It can get in between joint and marrow. His whole point is that it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. He said, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Just as don't get around it. Say so Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9 from the NLT. Sorry, St. Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, NLT. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as command from God. So be careful who you sin under. You know, be careful who you sin I say, be careful as a member of, of a congregation. We are the only members of all, are members of the body. But we say members of a congregation, so I'll put I'll put it out there like that. Be careful who you senator, who your pastors are. Make sure they're not giving you a man-made ideas as a command from God. Make sure they're in the word. And that's why I said the word of God is so important for the saints to read for themselves. Because they can say anything from behind the pulpit. Make sure you go and examine it yourself. Compare it to the Bible. Don't compare it to another of your, of your favorite teachers. No, compare it to the Bible itself. Compare it to what God said, not to what some other man said. But wasn't the Bible written by man? Man wrote the Bible. Man wrote the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So God wrote the Bible. Man didn't write the Bible. Man may have physically penned it with a pen and some ink. He may have physically did that. But the ideas and the stories and the things didn't come from man. They came from God. Well, I don't believe that. But you're still a Christian, you say? Yeah, I'm still a Christian, but I don't believe the Bible. Well, well then you read a lot. How you how are you going through life? What are you basing your moral living on? What other people tell you? Or the or the compass of the United States which is going downhill real fast. So you wind up with this false teaching and this hypocrisy among those that are doing the teaching and then among the congregation 
many of those love to sit under that type of teaching. Get away from it. Find out for yourself if the teaching is right. As this time progresses and goes into the future, you're going to notice an increase in the true gospel being taught and preached with boldness. And it's going to be stepping against the status quo. God's will will get done. Excuse me. You know, right now, uh, we're asking a lot of people in this church. We're saying, where's the church? How the church isn't stepping up and stopping all this? That's a very good question. I don't know where we are, but the thing I want to say is the church will. And when this church does step up, people are going to start scratching their heads saying, what's going on here? This nonsense is not going to go on forever. I don't believe that it's going to get so bad and then God just picks up the church and that's the end of the story. I think he's going to, if he pardon the expression, I think he's going to get one last lick in before he picks the church up. Uh, so Satan's going to be in for it before the real stuff starts happening. When I say real stuff, I mean the tribulation. Isaiah 55, verse 11 from the NIV. It's kind of good what I just said. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, says God. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Lord have mercy. So no matter how long it takes, God's word is going to get done. No matter how long it takes, it's not going to return to him empty. And he said what's going to happen to us in the last days Jesus told us, like I was saying, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. He tells us what's coming. So it's not going to return to them empty, so it's going to happen. The things that's proposed for the last days are happening now and are going to continue to happen. He said it's not going to return to them empty, but it's going to accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when God gives his word out, it's going forth. Can't anybody stop it? Not the devil, not you or me, not a politician, nobody. Nobody can stop God. Psalms 115 and 3 from the NIV. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Let's not forget that. God's will is going to be done no matter what. So if his will is the opposite of what you were thinking, that's just the way it's going to go. God's way is going to win out over what you want. He said, but I've been praying for something for a long time. The Bible tells you to ask whatever you will according to his will. So I can ask anything I want, but I'm not going to see it happen if it's not according to his will. That's in 1 John somewhere, I think. I forgot what chapter. Until four or five, I think. Because God is a God of justice, that's also written in the Bible. Justice. Isaiah 59 and 4 from the NIV. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They are the lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Now Isaiah, <clears throat> I 
man said before, oh, well, he's an Old Testament prophet, Gabby. He saw, he, God gave him the ability to see far into the future. Seven, eight hundred years, he prophesied about the coming of Christ. And he sees way into the future. And this fits just now. Here's another one from Isaiah. Same chapter, 59, further down, 14, verse 14 and 15 in the NLT. Our courts, our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who announces evil is attacked. Now, tell me that's not 2020. Now, this was written thousands of years ago. You see how up to date that is? So that means even before slavery, and up to slavery, when Jews being well, when Jews were out already, but this was written about 3,000 years ago, maybe, or 2,000 in James. Well, look how up, listen how up to date it sounds. Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. <clears throat> yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. Now, what you gonna say about that? You can't say much. You can't say too much about that because it's the truth. Now let's change gears right here to close. Now here are some things often mentioned that will continue until God is ready to make a change. Remember, his word is not going to return to him void. It's not going to return to him empty. It's going to accomplish what he set forth for it. So here's some things that are often mentioned that will continue until God is ready to make a change. Civil unrest. You have that now. I believe people are taking over uh, Seattle. Oh boy, I don't know what they're doing anyway. Civil unrest. Racial tensions. Stronger and more frequent weather-related storms in instances like hurricanes and tsunamis, tornadoes, earthquakes, and floods, to name a few. Political upheavals, one-sided mentality. Now, what do I mean by one-sided mentality? Is where we are now. If you don't agree with certain people, that's it, it's their way or the highway. And that goes both ways. For the last four years, since before President Trump got inaugurated, people were deciding I'm a, I'm a never Trumper. Uh, I hate him. This we're gonna be resistance for the whole four years. So they had their one side. They thought their side was right. And anything they can say negative about him was gonna be right. So primarily what I'm saying is if you don't agree with them, there's something wrong with you. Same thing with Trump. He's my way to highway. 
If somebody goes against him and the one that wants his cabinet, they get fired. Like you have to agree with him or else my way is my way to hire or else you're out of here. So here's a political upheavals in one side of mentality. Each person says my way is right. And you got old people who usually never change once they get set in their ways, that's the end of the story. So you got Pelosi 81, Schumer 69, Trump 73. These old people, they, they ain't changing. So wherever they are, they're staying on it. And it doesn't even matter if you agree with them, you're not even paying attention. Oh, I agree with Pelosi. I agree with whatever Schumer says. I agree with whatever the Democrats say. You're silly. Aren't you paying attention? Can't you see a sign?